Hello, John. I have had my English Bull Terrier since he was a puppy at 11 weeks of age. We got him during COVID lockdown. When we picked him up from the breeder, he was very timid and ran back into the crate when we arrived to collect him. The problem is he's been aggressive since he was around 14 weeks old, and the problem has snowballed to the point that we have to keep him muzzled and put him in his crate when visitors arrive at the home. He's now two years old, and there have been many incidents of lunging. On one of the lunging events, he tore a piece of clothing from a stranger. As a puppy, we did try to socialize him and took him out into different social and environmental settings. At around three months of age, we took him to visit a family who had organized a garden party. During the party, he would growl at anyone who approached him, including friends, offering food. For safety, we now muzzle him and with the muzzle on, he still jumps and lunges at visitors. The aggression seems to be getting worse. We also had him at the vet to inquire about having him neutered. The vet said this could possibly make him worse and has arranged for us to see a qualified behavioral specialist from the local university veterinary school. So the appointment will be soon. He seems to be fearful of people though, not other dogs. Also, he's scared of water and will not drink water from any other water bowl. If out on a hot day, we, we feed him ice cubes. I feel I've exhausted all avenues and I'm worried because I know we have a dog who's dangerous. My gut feeling is he will need to be put to sleep. Can you advise? This is a complex problem and uh, there is no simple answer to it. Um, what I can do is uh, shine a little light as to um, how you ended up where you are. And... Um, I'll give you a little guidance as to what your options are, but again, like it's a complex problem and I need a lot more information um, as to what the potential is 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 here. So uh, I, I will I will provide you with a, a guide. It's sort of seven steps that you kind of look at when you have a dog like this to decide what is what are our options here. So you begin uh, by telling me it's a, a bull terrier uh, you got when he was 11 weeks of, of age. Um, and you got him during COVID lockdown. So uh, COVID was not the best for uh, um, imprinting dogs, uh, no matter whether you're a breeder or a dog owner. But um, nobody should have been breeding dogs if they weren't prepared to do the proper imprinting in the first place. Um, and, uh, and you picked him up and he was timid and ran to the back of the crate. So that's a huge hint to walk away. Um, but there's this thing called uh, um, baby schema, that, that sort of thing that when you see a puppy or a kitten or a human child, you feel nurturing and, and loving and, and uh, it's, it's hard to walk away. But um, for me, any breeder who is COVID or not, that is not uh, doing the proper imprinting, and this is based on solid research, you know, back in the 1960s, got a couple of scientists named Scott and Fuller who found out that from three to 12 weeks of age is basically when you form temperament, how you avoid this exact problem and breeders ignore it or are ignorant of it. And then they don't spend the time that the pups in their care beginning the proper imprinting. And then uh, they don't like drill you or that, look, you've got to keep doing this until the dog is 12 weeks and then you end up with some amateur dog trainer who thinks that a puppy socialization class is is uh, going to accomplish this temperament forming and that's just absolute nonsense. Um, so uh, bad enough now here that he's he's got to be muzzled. He's two years of age. Now two is, 
usually when you, a dog, you know, uh, is going to have problems, I can usually anticipate those problems, even observe them on a, in a diluted form early in life. The average companion dog owner will reach out between 18 months and three years of age where they're getting this sort of thing where the dog has lunged and nicked somebody or bit somebody, that kind of thing. Uh, so he, it sounds like he's on track here. Um, this is the age that this stuff manifests into a practical problem for most people. So the fact that he's done it is not good, but it's not enough for me to, you know, uh, write the dog off um, so soon here. Because I, I don't know exactly what you've attempted to do to, to help him. Like, we're not going to change his nature at this point. You got him at 11 weeks. He only had one week left of his imprint period. And it sounds like you got him from what I'll call a puppy mill with better living conditions. Um, they, they, that's what, that's kind of how I refer to breeders who may be very nice people and may love the breed they're, they're breeding. But if they're not doing this early critical imprinting, um, no, puppy mill, uh, that, that's, that's to me just unethical breeding. Um, and it's far more common than it is. It's, I would say it's the norm as opposed to the exception, sadly, very sadly. Um, so the aggression is getting worse. That's typical. 18 months to three years of age starts to escalate, and people tend to make little excuses as they go along until it gets serious enough that their backs are against the wall. Um, this part puzzled me, and I did a little bit of research here. Um, uh, no, actually, just before that, you mentioned uh, um, you're muzzling him and he still jumps and lunges at visitors. Well, again, in one part of the letter, you said you're creating him, and I don't know why you're not doing that more. Um, not that that's a learning experience for him, but you seem to be putting people unnecessarily at risk. And you're certainly going to escalate it if, if he's not learning from these experiences, which if you're just trying to control the situation, it's likely exacerbating things. But this is the bit that, that, that puzzled me. A veterinarian saying that neutering could possibly make him worse and is arranged to see a qualified behavioral specialist from the local university. Well, um, you know, I hadn't heard this, that neutering a male dog is going to make things more aggressive. So I looked it up and I did find a few references to it. And you know, quite frankly, it's another one of those reasons I think veterinarians need to keep their noses out of the behavioral world because they don't have any training in it. I think this is an example of a logical fallacy. It's, I'm, it's possible that I'm wrong, but I did do a search on PubMed to see what I could discover, and uh, um, I, I didn't dig that deeply, but I did find what I kind of suspected I was going to find in one, and it was a paper called Desexing Dogs, a Review of the Current Literature. The evidence for other effects such as human-directed aggression, human or object mounting, resource guarding, or shyness and anxiety is inconsistent and contradictory. Here's what I think happens, is the age that a dog is neutered is, is usually, it used to be six months, and now it's getting later and later as they're trying to get them to mature uh, a little bit more and benefit by the, by the hormones, is I, I think that the, the behavior and the relationship between the person and the dog is unraveled to the point, that, as I said, I get the call that the dog is, is out of control in a manner that is, they're worried about like liability between 18 months and, uh, and, and three years of age. So a dog's between that six months and that 18 months, it's beginning to escalate. And I think that they may go, well, we neutered him. Maybe that's what caused it. But I, I think there are a lot of other colors in the palette to point to 
uh, before I would do that. I would get another veterinarian's opinion. And I mean, you have to keep in mind, my experience is based on real life, you know, 30 years of working with dogs full time. Um, it's a different perspective that you're going to typically get from um, going to one of the university veterinary schools where they tend to focus, they'll say that they're providing you with advice that is um, based on science. My experience is it's usually based on a science when it's, uh, and, and it's looking at it from the perspective of, to a certain extent, B.F. Skinner's work and then uh, uh, Karen Pryor to a further extent, and then it becomes kind of a bastardization of what Skinner actually observed. And then it totally ignores things like um, the impact of evolutionary psychology and biology and ethology and all how those all impact relationship and how environment impacts the dog. All things that I think need to be looked at as well. So I find that the dogs that are seen in those situations at the universities are typically seen by people who are... Um, very academically focused and their solutions um, sometimes you kind of got to wonder if they really understand how much is there left over of somebody at the end of the day um, they'll often point towards medication before anything else and I'm not saying that it's not a tool that you might use in your tool bag I just have my doubts it's going to have the impact here but be kind of curious to see what they have to say about this so um, you mentioned, you know, he's scared of water and will not drink. That's uh, another issue entirely for another day. I'm not going to address that here. Um, you're exhausted. You're, you've, 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 you've exhausted all avenues. Well, I don't know. Have you? Because you didn't mention a thing about training. Uh, have you seen any trainers? Now, I'm not talking about this all positive all the time, ignore bad behavior, or the might is right trainers. I'm talking about somebody who's actually got a little experience under their belt working with aggressive dogs. I can tell you what my gut is on this. My gut is, is you have a dog who was not properly imprinted, and is, so is never. you're never going to change the nature of this dog. The best you can hope for usually is getting rid of the 80% of this behavior that's a drama, because the dog listens to you like they listen to a roommate as opposed to a loving authority figure. So if you haven't applied training, and there are other things that can contribute to escalating this sort of behavior, like unsupervised time at windows and yards, uh, there's things that we can do to help the dog understand the dog's not bad, you're not bad, uh, but look, nothing bad happened here either. And where we kind of stretch the, uh, the elastic band a little bit. What I'm going to recommend is you review an article that I put together. Um, I can't think of the title exactly, but it's the seven options when you have an aggressive dog. And, you know, it starts off with uh, the obvious, and then it goes down to the very bottom, which is euthanasia, um, which is a, uh, a situation a lot of people find themselves into, uh, in because the breeder set them up to fail. They, um, the general information you find on the Internet is, I don't know, to me it's just, this is like watching uh, the movie The Lady and the Tramp and thinking it's a documentary. It's pretty superficial. And so people typically look for answers in, in, a, in a venue that does not have a, a real grasp of the severity of these sorts of problems and what the actual options are. So in the meantime, uh, a couple, some quick tips here. One is find a trainer. Uh, if, if you're having difficulty with that, I do remote work here with people from all around the world um, 
and uh, you can reach out and I can send you some information on that if you'd like. But uh, practical day-to-day, -day, make sure that dog's wearing a collar that will not slip over his head and put a leash on him and make him drag that thing around. So, Because if he can't be caught, he can't be taught. So it sounds like you're getting caught off guard. Well, we can reduce the amount of times where you do get caught off guard, where you can even the playing field a little bit. And that length of that line should, indoors or outdoors, should be directly proportional to how fast you feel. There are a lot of things you can do for a dog like this that can improve things to a point where it's a livable situation. But it's a case-by-case -case situation, and you need somebody who cares, and, uh, cares a lot about dogs, but cares just as much about your safety and the liability that you take on when you keep a dog like this and the safety of those that come, want to come and visit your family and friends and, uh, and neighbors. So um, if you've got any questions, please, uh, please let me know. Any comments, of course, uh, um, don't hesitate to leave them. If you find that any of the many free resources I provide companion dog owners via the Ask the Dog Guy YouTube channel or website have informed you, saved you time, and perhaps even saved you a little money, please buy me a coffee. Alternatively, you can also become a monthly sponsor, which will go a long way to spreading the word about science and common sense in the companion dog training world. You can find details in the notes. Many thanks.